Incoming message. This is the Tech Wizard Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Tech Wizard Podcast. I am George Summers, the Tech Wizard, and I welcome you to the show where our motto is technology, it's not just for geeks anymore. Uh, If you want to reach me for comments or questions, my email is now thetechwizard at gmail.com with no spaces. thetechwizard at gmail.com uh, I also have a blog where I post information about this show. That is thetechwizard.blogspot.com. Uh, just a few updates from uh, our launch of episodes one and two. Uh, I uh, appreciate uh, comments from Liz who wrote in with uh, an email uh, with some suggestions. I'll try and keep the pace up on this show and try and keep it as interesting as possible. I realized that uh, episode one, which was a sound scene tour, might have been a little uh, slow. So that's, of course, not the normal for this show, but uh, I was just trying out my new microphone for my, for my uh, iPod. But, Liz, thank you for your comments. I appreciate that. Directions for how to subscribe to the show are now online at thetechwizard.blogspot.com. I should also note that in the June 5th TV guide, um, there was a mention in the tech section, Fun Gadgets for the Serious Buyer, uh, the Logitech Harmony 880 Universal Remote, which is very similar to the one we discussed on Episode 2, was featured. It is the new Harmony Remote from Logitech, and uh, in addition to the one-touch task buttons that we discussed uh, that uh, really make the Harmony Remote truly universal and very easy to use, uh, it also boasts a color screen and a rechargeable base. Now the color screen I can kind of do without. Um, it's not really a necessity, but it certainly makes it uh, look nice. Uh, the the other thing that makes this attractive to me is the fact that it has a rechargeable base. Um, I will tell you that our Harmony remote goes through batteries about uh, every two months and we have to replace the batteries on it. Um, I'm not exactly sure why it goes through batteries like it does, but I guess we just use it a lot. Um, I don't know if that's typical or not, but that's our experience. And I certainly would appreciate a a, uh, remote with a rechargeable base. So you might want to check that out. It retails for $250. I'm assuming it's it's uh, available at the usual uh, electronic shops like Best Buy and Circuit City. 
and so you might want to check that out um, to see if uh, you, you might want to want to pick one up. You are listening to the Tech Wizard Podcast with my dad, George Summers. Technology, it's not just for geeks anymore. Thank you. And now it's time for a little segment we call... Words You Should Know. Alright, for the the words for the day, I, I try and highlight some words that are commonly misunderstood or that even uh, words that... Um, we don't truly understand where the term came from, uh, as in the case when we talk about MP3s, MP3 files. Um, an MP3 file is actually an MPEG-1 audio layer 3 file, and that is a standard established by the Moving Picture Experts Group for Compressing Audio Files. Uh, using perceptual coding, file, file sizes are reduced uh, up to a factor of 12 to 1 without too much uh, damage to the sound quality of the original file. This is really uh, an impressive technology. It is not the same quality as a CD, but it's very close. Uh, it makes uh, downloading files uh, off the internet much much faster because they take up less space using what we call compression and I'll talk a little bit about compression uh, in just a minute uh, the the uh, so these files are often put on the internet and uh, I suggest that any copyrighted files music files uh, of your favorite artist should be purchased from uh, an iTunes or other online music service. Please don't share copyrighted material. Uh, now, this podcast that I put up, I put up, up under what's called a, a uh, uh, Creative Commons license. So I let anybody download this, share it with people they know, as long as I get the appropriate credits uh, for the file, um, then they can freely distribute this file, and I encourage you to do the very same thing. But if you were to download a uh, uh, a tune from your favorite artist, that of course would be is 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 usually copyrighted material and uh, so it is it is not legal to share that information however making it in this digital format uh, allows people to put them on mp3 players and um, such as the iPod and uh, which stores the, the the music in a digital format and because it's saved in mp3 format it can be uh, incredibly uh, less uh, cumbersome in terms of file size that it takes up the amount of space storage space that it takes up on your device and so that's why mp3 is so common now there are lots of mp3 players out there and I should mention this week uh, this past week this being uh, July 11th 
this past week at the Worldwide Developers Conference, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, Steve Jobs announced that the uh, the iPod has a 76% market share on MP3 players. It certainly is not the only uh, MP3 player out there, and it certainly, but it certainly is the most the most popular. Most people ha- are also downloading the, the purchasing uh, their their music files from uh, iTunes because Steve Jobs also mentioned that iTunes has an 82 percent market share for online uh, distributors of of uh, uh, MP3. Uh, format and it should be mentioned though that you can get it. Apple has its own its own format similar to MP3, and iTunes reads MP3 as well as Apple's AAC format, which uses a different compression scheme that I may talk a little bit about later. Now, talking about compression, uh, compression is a way to reduce file size by eliminating repeated or unnecessary information. So the computer can look at a file and, and determine, oh, this is, this is the same as before, or this is the same bit of information as before. So rather than r- record it again, it just uh, compresses it and stores it once. Uh, that's kind of the general idea. I realize that I'm oversimplifying, and I'm sure that some of you may write in and say, uh, George, that's not exactly true. Well, I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible and explain it in a way that, uh, that people can understand. It works a lot like a sponge. If you have a, a wet sponge, a wet, the water in the sponge makes the, the, the uh, sponge a little bit bigger. Um, and if you were to push down on that sponge and squeeze all of that water out, that's very similar to what compression would be. Now, there's two types of, of uh, compression. There's lossless, where the quality of the image or video is maintained, and uh, the um, MP3-style format is one of those. Uh, types of format. MP3 is a lossless type of compression. The other is lossy. Lossy is is a compression where the quality suffers with a higher degree of compression. An example of lossy compression is uh, JPEG. JPEG compression, that file format is commonly used for photos. So there you have it, two types of compression, lossless and lossy. Now, compression allows you to uh, greatly reduce the amount of, of space that a, uh, a file takes up. And when we talk about File size. We're talking about memory and and um, how much space that that file takes up. And uh, I want to explain a little bit about about the terminology used to describe files and file sizes and and memory. 
all information, all digital information is stored as either one or zero. Um, that's what's called binary in mathematical terms. It's either a one or a zero. Uh, to the computer, the one usually means off. Excuse me, one usually means on, and zero means off. And so uh, that's the way the computer looks at any kind of file, whether it's a picture file or an audio file or a word processing file. It's all a bunch of ones and zeros to the computer. The way we group those is how we use this terminology. So, for example, a bit is a one or a zero. That's called a bit. A bit. If you put eight of those together, you have a string of zeros and ones. So it could be zero 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 one 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 zero one. That would be a byte. A byte. So a byte is eight bits. Now, if you put a thousand of those, and actually the actual number is one thousand twenty-four, but for the purposes of describing this. If you put a thousand of those together, you get a kilobyte. Kilo meaning thousand, uh, borrowed from the the metric system. So you get uh, a kilobyte is one thousand bytes. If you put a thousand kilobytes together, you get one million bytes, or one megabyte. So a megabyte is one thousand kilobytes. Or a million bytes, and that in itself, you, you know, wasn't too long ago that a megabyte was was a huge amount of information. Um, now we talk about RAM as having so many megabytes of of uh, memory for your computer to use as working memory uh, called RAM, and that's very very common these days. I may talk a little bit more about RAM a little bit later. So. A thousand kilobytes is a megabyte. If you take a thousand megabytes, that's a gigabyte, and a gigabyte, in terms of bytes, is one billion bytes. One billion bytes. That's just an amazing amount of space. If you're talking about ones and zeros. And nowadays, when we talk about how much hard drive space we have, we talk about the, in terms of gigabytes because uh, audio files and picture files take up more space than a word processing file. I'll give you a little bit of examples in just a moment. Um, all right. So if we take then if we take one thousand gigabytes. Here's the new term for the next ten years: terabytes. Terabytes. If you have one thousand gigabytes, then you have a terabyte. So that's going to be the next size that we talk about, as things will take more and more space because we're storing more and more information with that file, um, and also memory is is becoming a lot easier to put in a small space. Um, so terabyte is is another term you might want to. Be listening for as as uh, these these words are are spatted about with regards to technology. All right, so here are some examples, 
a word processing uh, two and a half page outline, for example, that I use uh, to do this podcast um, takes up about 35 kilobytes, 35 kilobytes, or 35,000 bytes of information. Uh, a picture taken with my 5 megapixel camera can take anywhere from 2 to 4 megabytes each. So picture files where it's, it's storing exactly what color with millions of dots put together, uh, um, that, that can take anywhere from 2 to 4 megabytes each uh, on, my, on my hard drive or on my memory card. So if you're buying a camera, that memory card becomes very important because the size of your memory card determines how much, uh, how many pictures you can put on there. And the more megapixels your camera has, uh, the, the more space each of those pictures will take up. So that's, that's, um, uh, good, good uh, to know. We used to store a lot of files on a three and a half inch floppy drive to make it portable to take from one computer to another. Um, those are a lot less uh, common these days. In fact, in my the last new computer that I bought was a Hewlett Packard uh, computer tower, a wonderful machine. But I didn't realize that my floppy drive didn't work until I was out of warranty because I had never tested it. Um, luckily, I don't really need it, but one day I went to go use it and had discovered that it was no longer functioning, and I don't know that it ever functioned. So, um, you might, <laughs> it's a good, good piece of advice to test each of the devices, uh, each of the parts of the computer when you get a new one. Uh, just to make sure that it works. A CD-ROM, which is much more common these days for holding information, holds about seven, uh, excuse me, 650 megabytes, or about 450 of those three and a half inch floppies. Um, CD-ROMs then become much more common for backup purposes if you get a CD uh, burner, which allows you to write data directly to a CD. Uh, a 20 gig hard drive will hold the same amount of information as 31 CD-ROMs or 14,222 of those little three and a half floppy disks. Um, just to put that in, in, in perspective. Now, if you're talking about downloading files to your computer, in episode two we talked about what downloading means. Um, it takes seven to ten minutes to download a one megabyte file using the average dial-up internet connection. Now, that's the, the 56K connection where um, you are your computer is dialing a phone number out using the phone line to get to connect to the internet, that's a dial-up connection. A lot of people these days have cable or, or DSL uh, broadband connections, and those are much faster. So a megabyte file can take easily under a minute uh, to download, depending upon your your uh, your connection speed. 
This is the product of the day. All right, for our product of the day, I'm going to be talking about the TiVo uh, and other similar devices, which are actually uh, what we call PVRs, personal video recorders. Uh, and TiVo is is a kind of a broad term, but it's also a a a, a market marketing term. Um, and uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, what that is today, as as we uh, discuss this. You may hear some some screaming and noises in the background. That's just my children playing in the pool. We have a blow-up pool, and of course they're under the close supervision of my wife and my mother-in-law. So that that allows me to uh, finish off this podcast. Um, all right, so on with the, our discussion of TiVo. A TiVo is a or or uh, a personal video recorder is a device that can record video to a hard drive. Uh, now the one that I have is a DirecTV receiver that has a uh, 40 mega or excuse me gigabyte. Uh, hard drive inside it to record the video coming in. Now the advantage of having this um, uh, unified into one unit with your uh, satellite receiver is that um, when you're using the guide features it interacts very easily with the guide for um, your satellite provider to allow you to choose content uh, programs to, to record. So that's an advantage of having it in one one box. And I highly recommend uh, looking for a device that's integrated with your with your receiver. Naming that you may have to uh, upgrade and there may be a, a deal from your cable company to do that. But let me talk about what, what it does. Uh, there are, of course, larger hard drives available, but a, a typical 40 gigabyte uh, TiVo can record about 35 hours of programming, and we find that that's quite sufficient. My wife records uh, two uh, soap operas every day, and so we we would normally, when we were using a VCR, go through quite a few... Uh, tapes, they would just, you know, burn out, and the quality would start to deteriorate. And so we would we would record these things to videotape. And of course, if we took a vacation, a little trip somewhere for a few days, and if there was more than a couple days of soapies to record, you would end up missing it because the uh, the videotape would run out, and the VCR would spit out the tape and say, "I'm done." Uh, the the uh, TiVo obviously can hold much more uh, data, and uh, so we can go go away for a week and record an hour and a half of soap operas a day, and uh, not worry about it. And it's a, a wonderful uh, device that we that we enjoy on a daily basis. That being that being one of them. Uh, and I'm not t- going to get into whether or not, uh, and or how I got into watching watching soap operas. I'm not a, as big a fan as she is, but it's it uh, can be entertaining at times. All right, so the uh, because we are using a Directv 
receiver that that has our TiVo, we are charged an additional 4.95 per month from DirecTV to uh, provide us with the the uh, TiVo service. If you were going to buy a standalone device where the the TiVo or the or the PVR is its own separate unit, you're going to be charged about twelve dollars a month in order to have that service, unless of course it's integrated with your uh, receiver, with your cable receiver. So that's something to check into. Some of the wonderful things you can do with TiVo that have really uh, revolutionized the way that we interact with our TV is the ability, first of all, to to uh, pause, fast forward, and rewind live TV. Uh, if, for example, we are watching the news and one of our children comes in and says, Hey, I've got this wonderful uh, picture to show you, Dad. Um, and you missed a particular... Uh, uh, news story that you were interested in, uh, because you were, you were, uh, attending to your, to your child. Um, the, this device, this PVR, this TiVo, gives you the ability to rewind a few minutes, up to 15 minutes as a matter of fact, and, uh, catch that story that you missed, so you don't have to worry about if you are interrupted by a phone call or, or whatever. Uh, we also found it, and and I'm sure you won't find it, this in any advertising for the TiVo, but it's also wonderful if you are potty training a child. We we discovered that uh, children, when especially our son, when uh, he was being potty trained, had no problem with going to the potty. But one of the issues, of course, when you're potty training a child is that the child doesn't want to miss anything that's going on and wants the whole world to stop uh, while uh, they're doing their thing. And uh, (laughs) so uh, Jordan, our son, would constantly ask us to pause the TV so he could go do his business. whether or not he was watching, it could have been the news, it could have been his favorite cartoon, it really didn't matter. He would want you to pause it, and that just kind of just, we, usually we didn't care, so we just paused it, and then he knew he didn't miss anything. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we found it useful for that as, as, uh, as well. Um, if then you uh, pause the TV, then of course you're a few minutes behind uh, live TV, where live TV is broadcasting. And so, therefore, you can just fast-forward through the commercials and get caught up. So it's very, very easy to do that. Or there's a button on the TiVo remote that gets you caught up to live TV if you don't want to see what you missed. Uh, all right, so that's pausing and fast-forwarding and rewinding uh, live TV. Um the, one of the other advantages to a TiVo is that if you're in the middle of a program, and our children do this all the time, the a, a program will start, and it's their favorite show, be it Reading Rainbow or whatever, and they're watching it, and they got to go to church, or they got to go to uh, daycare, or they got to go to school. Uh, so if you're in the middle of a show, it's very easy then... 
uh, up to 15 minutes in the show, you can re- you can choose to record the show and still get the whole show. So if the kids are into a program or we're into a program and we got to leave, you can ch- choose to with with a button on the remote easily. Uh, record that show, and as long as you're not past 15 minutes, you get the whole show. Otherwise, you get as much as it's, it uh, stores temporarily in memory. Uh, that's called caching. It caches the last 15 minutes of the show uh, in its memory uh, if you're watching live TV. So it really is a wonderful uh, uh, feature, a wonderful tool. Uh, you can watch, for example, a 7 o'clock show um, that you are recording. If you're recording a particular show, and let's say it started at 7 o'clock and it goes until 8 o'clock. At 7.30, if you arrive home and that show has begun to record, you can then watch that show from the beginning even though it hasn't finished recording. The ability to do that is just is just uh, phenomenal. It's uh, also great for football games that start at uh, 10 o'clock on Sundays when you are at church, and they're not done at noon when you get back from church, and you don't want to wait till 1 o'clock when the game is over uh, to uh, watch the football game. You can simply start watching from the beginning if, uh, if you care to for your favorite uh, uh, football team. Um, so I've done that on, on many occasions. So it's very, very useful. Uh, as I said, the, uh, the, the, the TiVo is integrated in our case with our, with our, uh, receiver so that the T- Direct TV's channel guide of shows and what's on can e- easily be searched as it would normally, but then when you find a show that you want to record, because the TiVo is all I- integrated into the uh, receiver, it uh, just uh, is very easy to, with a click of a button to, to record any show that you find. Uh, so it's very, very handy. All right. Some, in addition to some of those features, which I which I love, um, the the TiVo is is great, and I almost think a must for anybody who has a big screen TV. Uh, a VCR, if you record to a VCR, you just you just uh, get a lot of little artifacts on the screen, on a large screen that are just magnified, and your your viewing experience will be greatly. Uh, depreciated at that point. Uh, so if you've got HDTV, um, if you've got uh, a, uh, a TiVo, just makes it a lot easier to record your your stuff digitally to the to the TiVo's hard drive and then play it back, and it's exactly as you would have seen it um, had you watched it live. Um, the season pass option for the TiVo also allows you to record a whole season of shows and if the show is rescheduled for some uh, reason for example if a show is rescheduled because of a of a sporting event that's on the NBA finals or uh, uh, a tennis event or something that re- in your and your program is rescheduled the TiVo catches that and will record 
it when it is rescheduled. That is just wonderful not to have to worry about all that in case uh, uh, in case a show it has to be rescheduled so you won't miss you won't miss your show. Really, really great. Um, you can even tell it when you have it record these uh, season passes. You can tell it to skip repeat, so all all you get is the new shows. That's really handy as well. So basically, you don't have any more worn out videotapes from recording shows over and over again that you that you like. Everybody loves Raymond or whatever it is, and you've recorded it a hundred times onto this videotape. If the videotape even lasts that long, of course, every time we record over something on a videotape that's already there, the quality goes down a little bit. So that's uh, uh, something else to keep in mind. Uh, some of the things that uh, we didn't really care for that I wish could be could be improved in future versions. Uh, our direct TV version with the TiVo is not networkable. They kind of block that feature. And there are hacks out there. If you're geeky, you can look them up and you can open up your box and void the warranty. And you can increase the hard drive and you can network it with your computer and then you can save the stuff that you recorded off to your computer and maybe record it to a DVD. But all that stuff in my mind if in my mind is, is pretty risky, so I don't want to even go there. So you can't network it as you can with other TiVos, other TiVos, the Series 2 TiVos that are out now, um, can be networked. The standalone units can be networked. Um, and they can participate in the new TiVo2Go subscription service that is available, which allows you um, to trans transfer the the files to uh, another computer. So just to kind of wrap up this discussion on on TiVo, the TiVo completely changes the way that you interact with your TV in in a good way. In a you just you won't believe how freeing it is. It gives you a, a whole lot of freedoms you never had before, and then you don't have to worry about whether your VCR is set right or um, any of that. It just takes away all those worries, and it just works great. Um, I would suggest that if you are interested in TiVo, that you first check with your cable provider to see if you can get a combined cable receiver and a TiVo-like device in one box. Uh, my mother-in-law, she has a uh, charter, and uh, she was able to get an inexpensive um, uh, PVR TiVo-like device integrated with her receiver, so she upgraded her receiver very cheaply, and her cable company provided that, and so she gets all the same advantages that we do, even though it's not TiVo, but it's very, very similar, provides all those services that I just suggested, that I just discussed, and she absolutely loves it. In fact, she's got it filled up to 98%, because now she needs to figure out how to save those shows that she wants to keep and save them off to a VCR. So that's our our next step uh, with her. But you can do that with a TiVo. You can you can take uh, shows that are on the hard drive, and you can save them, archive them off to VCR. Of course, the quality will suffer a little bit, but 
uh, hey, what can you do? Until they come out with TiVos with DVD burners inside, you're not going to be able to do that any other way. All right. There is um, finally there is a, a an article that appeared on Yahoo News that gives you some TiVo tips and tricks. Uh, however, most of them are a bit geeky, but um, if you're interested in those, I will provide a link in the show notes for you. That's uh, found on my on my website. I'll give you in a minute. And uh, so those those. I'll give you the link to that article, and you can read it yourself and see if you're interested in any, any of those any of those tricks. All right, I have a couple of announcements to make before I sign off today. Uh, and one is I've created a new email list. So if you don't want to bother downloading some software uh, called an aggregator to uh, subscribe to this podcast and uh, get them automatically. If you don't want to bother with that, if that's too confusing for you, don't worry, because you can simply subscribe to my uh, email list, uh, and I will tell you when there's a new podcast available. You can download it yourself from my uh, from my website, and that website is thetechwizard.blogspot.com. Thetechwizard.blogspot.com. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention is that uh, Steve Jobs last week uh, gave a presentation to the uh, Apple Worldwide Developers C- Conference. And while most of that may not be of interest to you, there is um, about a five-minute portion that talks about what their plans are with iTunes in making podcasts easier than you can imagine to subscribe to directly in iTunes. They've got some exciting plans and the next 60 days we should be seeing those changes in the next update of iTunes. That would be version 4.9. We're very excited about this because right now you have to download an aggregator program and then tell it where to go to get the to get the podcast, and it will download the podcast for you, usually on a scheduled uh, uh, time, and it will go out and get the any. It'll check for any new podcasts, and it will download any new podcasts that are available. The problem with that is it's still a little um, complicated for some. It's not easy to use at all. I and mean, if you're interested in that, if you've dealt with computers for a while and you feel comfortable doing that, I certainly would not discourage you from doing so. However, uh, for some, it may be a little bit more, uh, too much to understand and maybe too complicated. So, wait for iTunes to come out with this update and you will be able to subscribe to podcasts hopefully including mine, within the uh, iTunes software. And you don't have to think about it. It will just do it automatically, subscribe to it, and when there's a new one out, you'll get it. So it really is um, exciting news because uh, a lot of people will be able to take advantage of that ease, ease of use 
way of, of, of subscribing to podcasts. All right, so I'm going to sign off for now. Thank you for for uh, listening and taking the time to uh, listen to me. Some ramble a bit at times, but I, I think most of what I'm presenting to you is useful information. You can tell me it's not, or you can provide your comments or suggestions or questions. I'm happy to take questions and try and answer them within the context of the podcast. Uh, and so you can reach me at uh, thetechwizard at gmail.com. That's a little different than the email I gave you last time, which was gosummers at gmail.com. But either one will get to me just fine. I just got a new Gmail account for this podcast to make it easier to remember. Thetechwizard at gmail.com. And, of course, visit me on the blog at thetechwizard.blogspot.com. There you can subscribe to the, the podcast using the promotion box that's at the top of the website. And, uh, as I said, comments, suggestions, and uh, simple short reviews are, are very welcome and uh, may even be played with your permission on the podcast. So I hope this was helpful to you. Um, and, and again, if you have questions, don't panic. Just ask the tech wizard. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, there's a wonderful digital world out there. Go live it.